Welcome one and welcome all to the PFN Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Tate. You can find me on X over at Derek Tate NFL. That is the one and only Kyle Sapi. You can find him on X at Kyle Sapi PFN. We are heading into week 10, which means we got to talk about the DFS lineup build that we have that's optimal heading into this week. Sapi, back half of the NFL season. Let's do this, right? Let's do it. I mean, we've got enough knowledge under our belts. We've got some bye weeks in our under our belt here. We've got rookie quarterbacks putting up historic games. We've got good quarterbacks struggling. We've got a little bit of everything and a lot of talent on bye this week. So that opens us up to creativity, which is what I like. Yeah, Miami Dolphins, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, all unavailable on a bye, and then some weird primetime games, but we're going to be focusing mainly on the NFL Sunday slate for this DFS build. So if you're just coming across the YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe, hit the like button, make sure you go ahead and click the bell so you get notified every single time we drop a new video here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. Also, if you're checking out our podcast, however you consume your podcast, just go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe. So we continue to grow the channel, grow the podcast, and we love and appreciate all the support. But before we go ahead and move into our main DFS build and talk about every single player position, we're coming out firing with our stack attack heading into week 10. What is a quarterback wide receiver combo that you like heading into week 10? And I think you can get cute in a variety of ways this week, but I'm not going to do it. I mean, you've got three good quarterbacks on by. You've got Josh Allen off the main slate. So there's there's some dumpster diving if you want. If you want to get crafty, you can do this and go way down the board. I'm going to stick at the top. Give me Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Like, the lineup works. You can get enough savings in other spots. But I'm going with the Burrow-Chase tandem against the Texans. I, I think the Texans stack is going to be pretty popular after last week. I'm going on the other side of the same game thinking that they can push one another. I will have a bring back in this game. You can wait. That's a tease. That's what they call a tease in the business. So we will get to that shortly here. But Jamar Chase, I get that he's battling a back injury. Stay tuned to that. But if he's cleared and everything looks okay, there's a little bit of leverage. Because when you see that little red Q next to his name, that drives ownership away from him. He's seen at least eight targets in every single game this season. And over 71% of the yards against the Texans come through the air. We're going to Jamar Chase. I, however, am not going to be triple stacking this because when Jamar Chase goes bonkers, T. Higgins takes a little bit of a back seat. If you remove one big game, when Jamar Chase goes over 100, you're looking at T. Higgins somewhere in the four catch to 52 range, 52 yard range with only one touchdown in eight games or nine games. I'm sorry. So I'm not tripling, not going crazy, not overloading this game, but I am going to use Burrow and Chase as the core to my lineup. It, last week it nearly worked out except for the fact that nico collins really didn't have all that uh, big of a day <laughs> no but it was still a great call cj stroud had a historic day tank dell went Dale, off but, oh so if you played that stack last week i'm sure you still finished uh, and made a little bit of money but my tater special stack attack of the week I still believe in Brock Purdy. I think that obviously he had a, a, a rough go heading into the bye for the San Francisco 49ers. But by all accounts, it looks like Debo Samuel, who was a full go mm -hmm. in practice on Wednesday, does look like he is going to be available to play this week. So I'm going to go ahead and stack the cheaper option in Debo Samuel of the two wide receivers between him and Brandon Ayuk and Brock Purdy, who is also a very, very, very reasonable DFS option for this slate. So I am getting a little bit cute with it, Sapi. I'm not going top okay. shelf like you are with Burrow and Chase, but I do still think uh, a, a pretty big game, a bounce back game is in store for the 49ers with a full uh, bill of a clean bill of health heading into this one. But who's the running back that you want to go ahead and pair with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow for this DFS slate. 
I get a feeling like you might agree with me on this one, but I'm going to go Tony Pollard. Yep. Like, listen, he's going against the fourth worst run per carry defense in the league. Yep. He needs a get right spot. I don't want to say this is like a, a hinge spot where if he doesn't do it, then I'm he's dead to me, but it's not far from that situation. I mean, my man hasn't scored since punching in two against these giants back in week one. If they wow. control this game, like we think they will a 16 and a half point spread tells you all you need to know about that. I think, I mean, Dak Prescott's been playing great. Don't get me wrong. And I think he's going to be popular. CD lamb's going to be popular, but if the Cowboys want to go far this season, want to continue winning games deep into the winter, they need to get Tony Pollard producing at a high level to me. That's, that's worth it here. You can bring it back in a variety of ways. There's no safe option on the Giants here. But Tony Pollard, I'm paying up for him. I'm, again, I'm going to be saving down in my lineup. I've got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Tony Pollard. I've got quite the expensive trio there to start. But it's a get-right spot. Like I said, dead to me if it doesn't work this week. <laughs> I'm with you 100% on Tony Pollard having himself a nice game. He better have himself a nice game because the, I believe the table is going to be set from a, from a game script standpoint that is going to favor Tony Pollard having himself a very, very nice day. I'll be concerned if he doesn't. So another option, though, for me, David Montgomery. And yeah. with him coming back, again, we saw what the splits looked like when – Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs were both in the lineup. I'm well aware that Jameer Gibbs has gone bonkers over the last two games that he's been the starting tailback with David Montgomery unavailable. But now with Montgomery signs pointing towards him being available for this contest against the Los Angeles Chargers, I think that this could be a higher scoring game. And if it's a higher scoring game, I want the running back that is the preferred option inside the red area, which is exactly what David Montgomery was in every single game that him and Gibbs played in, scoring six touchdowns to Gibbs zero. So I'm and he's a cheaper option than Jameer Gibbs this week. So I want a piece of this backfield. I think that they both could be you know, useful in this DFS slate, but give me the cheaper option all day with David Montgomery, who's proven that he has the preferred touchdown equity in this Lions backfield. You save a little bit of money there, and I do think you get off of some leverage here. I mean, there's people that are going to see Gibbs and be like, they can't take him off the field. We've seen what he's done over the last two weeks. So if the popular play, or at least a somewhat chalk play, is Gibbs, I don't know that this backfield is going to be overly popular as it is, and then you're splitting ownership down the middle. I don't mind where you're going with this. Yeah, speaking of, you know where I'm going with this. I'm going to go ahead and remind everybody to go ahead and subscribe, like, you know, support the channel as, in any way, sh shape, or form. But you also need to go to pfnfantasy.com and check out some of our optimizing tools, right? So if you're catching this podcast and you want to roll and copy and paste and just tail us for this entire slate, that's awesome. If you want to go ahead and take some of our picks, put them in our DFS optimizer and play around with it with some of the players that you like, that's why it's there. It's free. Go over to pfnfantasy.com and check that out. Also, we have a trade analyzer started optimizer the whole nine yards just go in there play around if you're a fantasy football enthusiast like we are you'll probably spend 30 minutes to an hour just playing around with the tools and speaking of playing around we got some player prop player stuff that you need to really listen up to the nfl is back of course and super draft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for pfs listeners sign up now and score an instant 20 dollars deposit bonus on deposits of 20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry. Claim your free play and bonus today. Well, we got more bonus coverage because we're about to dive into the quarterbacks that we really like for the Week 10 slate. Sappy, who you got? 
So you like the Lions' backfield. If I'm going to go to that game in that offense, I'm going to go through the air with Jared Goff. I mean, we don't get these kind of schedule spots all that often. Jared Goff coming off the bye, getting a Chargers team that just played on Monday night. Not exactly a fair shake of it for the Chargers here. When it comes to scheduling, I mean, it's hard enough to play on a short week as it is. You shouldn't have to play a team coming off a bye, but that is what it is. You know I've got my issues with the scheduling committee. We'll get to that at another time, but balance in this offense with David Montgomery presumably back is going to help Goff and listen everybody thinks the Chargers run defense is bad and it's not good I'm not going to sugarcoat that but they give up the third most pass yards per attempt in the league this season obviously Amon Ra St. Brown a big floor elevator for that of Jared Goff and then they brought in DPJ Donovan Peoples-Jones from the Browns prior to the bye that tells me this team is looking to move the ball through the air they're not happy with what Jamison Williams is giving them Jared Goff a nice high uh, high reward low risk kind of option for me and if you want to go down further in the board Sam Howell gets the Seahawks this week it's a potential catch-up script we know Washington could fall behind Seattle has yet to really get rolling but if they do Washington playing from behind that puts Howell in a positive game script here against the fourth worst red zone defense in the National Football League in Washington I mean listen say what you will about Howell in this passing game but they're third in pass rate over expectation up to this point they want to air it out and that, that's all you can ask for. I've, I'm rostering a quarterback down the board. I want his offense to be banking on him, and Washington certainly does that with Howell. Love me some Jared Goff this week. Totally on board. Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders throwing the ball over the yard and had even an encouraging performance against Bill Belichick and the New England, mm-hmm. New England Patriots. So I'm all on board with the two quarterbacks you mentioned. I'm also going to throw this name out there because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary just got torched by a rookie quarterback and they're going to be facing off against another one after the Tennessee Titans have named Will Levis their starting quarterback. And once upon a time in his NFL debut against the Atlanta Falcons, he did throw four touchdown passes. I know he came back down to earth against the Pittsburgh Steelers and I'm not projecting that he's going to do dissect this Tampa Bay secondary quite to the tune that C.J. Stroud did last week. But do I see potentially over 200... Uh, do I see over 200 yards and, and a pair of scores through the air for Will Levis? I see that as within the well within the range of outcomes. So with this Buccaneers secondary struggling, I'm going to go ahead and try to capitalize on that if you want to pay down at the quarterback position. Yeah, Moving on to... Sorry, anything to add on, on Levis? It's, it's okay. That's my fault. Safely between his two performances, I think, is pretty standard here. He gets an extended week to prepare for a good spot. You're right. Yeah, it's a good, good call. My fault for stepping on you there. No, it, no, you didn't step on me. It was my fault. I didn't give I didn't give you enough time to jump in there effectively before trying to move on to the wide receiver position, which is exactly what we're doing. Sapi, who are some of the wide receivers you really like for this Week 10 Sunday slate? I love Deontay Johnson. I mean, you mentioned him on our Start Sit podcast earlier this week. Make sure to check that out if you want to go back and get some insight from earlier in the week, not just DFS. We, we cater to everybody. That's how we do it here. But Deontay Johnson, he's seen a third of the targets over the last two yeah. weeks. That's huge. Over the last two weeks, Green Bay giving up 2.3 yards per carry on the ground. We don't know. We don't think that the Steelers' run game is anything special. I get that they showed well last week. I'm not counting on that sustaining. And Green Bay does have the fourth lowest opponent ADOT. And where do those low ADOT throws go? They go right to Deontay Johnson. George Pickens is what he is, but he's a deep threat. I don't think they go that direction very often. So Deontay Johnson, we're looking at another 8 to 12 targets, which means probably 8 to 10 catches. And Deontay Johnson in these PPR DFS formats is gold. Kyle Yates threw out the idea. Maybe he scores twice in a row. That's Seems a little aggressive, but maybe he does it. Tank Dell is another option. I'm less on him in season long, but 
I'm there for DFS. Listen, the upside is there. We saw it last week. Cincinnati has the highest opponent aid out, which means people are targeting them downfield. And that's where Tank Dell comes in. I like Nico Collins quite a bit more this week, but you get to save a few bucks on Tank Dell. So if that fits in your roster, which I personally I need to do because I've got an expensive top trio here. He's seen at least seven targets three times this season. And in those games, he's racked up 18 catches for 331 yards. Not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns. That is a pretty good profile when it comes to upside. Tank Dell, a nice ticket to take this week. I'm with you on Tank Dell and Deontay Johnson. Um, Two guys that can win near the line of scrimmage and can create after the catch. So I'm totally on board with both of those players. And just to kind of drive home my point about I like Will Levis this week. Well, Will Levis, if he's going to be having success through the air, I actually think that DeAndre Hopkins is fairly priced and proved just two weeks ago that that he is still fully capable of having a boom week. Again, we're not talking about reliable in your fantasy lineup every, you know, DF like rest of season type discussion right now we're talking pure dfs i love the matchup against the tampa bay buccaneers and they're struggling secondary i could see d hop having quite a bit of success this week so moving on to the running back position soppy i know that you already mentioned tony pollard i already mentioned david montgomery who else stands out to you for this running uh, for this running back position heading into the sunday slate yeah, if you're going to build a stack around Purdy or something like that and pay down a little bit, I don't mind going to Joe Mixon. I'm not stacking him with Burrow and Chase. I'm not going that route. But he does have 15 catches over his last four games and a rush touchdown in consecutive games. So he's trending in the right direction, as is this entire Bengals offense. I personally think it's going to come more through the air. But over the last month, I mean, you're talking over 20 touches a game for Mixon. That's a fine profile to invest in. If you're going that way, Rashad White, another guy we don't think that is that great in football, period. But He's getting plenty of targets in a pass game against a pass funnel situation. We saw Tennessee get run on pretty successfully last week. So if you add any kind of rushing production into this receiving floor for Rashad White, I am here for it. And if you're paying way down, if you stacked up everything at the top of the board, Zach Charbonnet is getting more run and Seattle doesn't seem sorry about it. He gets the commanders this week. The snaps are trending up. I mean, he's priced $200 over the minimum. For a team that's trying to get him the ball, trying to get him, maybe not the ball, but get him on the field, which eventually he's going to get him the ball. He's $400 cheaper than Craig Reynolds. He's $400 cheaper than Cam Akers. To my knowledge, Cam Akers cannot walk this week. That I, I, will, I feel good about Zach Charbonnet over Cam Akers this week at a $400 discount. He's dirt cheap. If you want to take a flyer, that's the direction I'm going. Three interesting options. I've got one more for you. And this one is more blind faith. He's still involved. He's still getting carries. He's still explosive. He's still dynamic. We're just all very disappointed with his production and recent usage in the passing game. And that's B. John Robinson mm. going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Look, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, as far as against opposing fantasy running backs, they're, they're like top five worst in the league as far as points allowed per game. Um, you know, in full point PPR formats. And I, I think that I don't want to overreact to a couple bad weeks, some, you know, you know, head scratch, scratching usage in the passing game. I still believe in Bijan. I still think that it's going to be a work in progress, even with Kyler Murray back under center. I mean, this man's coming off of a, a season ending knee injury last year, and we don't know how his, is he going to be quite as twitchy um, in his first game back, first game action, how is he going to look? 
there's a lot of unknown with this Arizona offense, and they look terrible last week. Sure, we think that they're going to get a little bit better with Kyler Murray returning, but we don't really know that because it's there's a lot of change that's happened since the last time we've seen Kyler Murray under center for the Arizona Cardinals. So in a game script that I think could favor the Atlanta Falcons running the ball quite a bit for a third consecutive week, I think this is the week that Bijan Robinson breaks through. Let's get it. <laughs> Please let me speak that into existence. <laughs> Maybe put our hands together and uh, just hope for the best when it comes to that. But Speaking of hoping for the best, sometimes it feels like a little bit of a crapshoot at the tight end position. Who are some players that you like for Week 10's Sunday options at tight end? It feels a little bit like that. Travis Kelsey's off the main slate, and I feel like I'm completely blind as to what we're doing at the tight end position. If you can't pay up, what in the world are we supposed to do here? You mentioned the Kyler Murray situation in Arizona. I'm going to embrace the unknown when it comes to that offense, at least at the tight end position, because... That's all we have to go on at the tight end position these days. So give me Trey McBride. I mean, he's being targeted on one of every three routes over the last two weeks. That's encouraging for a young tight end that tore apart Atlanta last week or last season. I'm sorry. It wasn't with Kyler Murray, but still, it's good to have those vibes in that direction. Atlanta fourth in pressure rate this season, so I could see a bunch of dump offs. If Hollywood Brown is streaking down the field and Kyler Murray needs a check down option, Trey McBride is certainly on that radar. If you're going to pay up a little bit here, Evan Ingram, it's a tough matchup. I get that against the 49ers, but he's seen at least seven targets in seven straight games. And I think people are going to either pay all the way up to the top of the board or go all the way down, which means Ingram in a decent game theory spot right in the middle, middle to upper tier of the tight end position. With you on the tight ends you mentioned, one of the quarterbacks you mentioned was Sam Howell. And I haven't seen a Washington pass catcher yet appear on this this DFS slate. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and, and nominate one, if you will, uh, Logan Thomas. Uh, last three games, he's seen a minimum of six targets. I understand it's been ho-hum production for a good amount of this season, but he does have the capability of having a spike week or two. So I, against the Seattle Seahawks, I expect the Seahawks to have a bounce back performance offensively after putting up a dud against the Baltimore Ravens. They're at home. I, I see Logan Thomas having a busy day at the office. So those three tight end options in a week that doesn't have Travis Kelsey, we're going to all have to figure it out at the tight end spot. So, um, you know, those are some names to consider. And speaking of considering, who are some of the defenses that really stand out to you in Week 10 Sunday Slate? If I'm going to pay up, I'm going to go to the Saints. I think it's going to be pretty popular, and that's not to say it's wrong, to go with the Cowboys against the Giants. We saw them pick them apart, shut them out in Week 1, all that good stuff. People, We saw the Browns. The Browns were the top-priced defense. We gave them out on this show last week. They were the top-priced defense last week. Guess what? Shut out. Big day. All that good stuff. So I don't think it's going to be as contrarian to pay up to the tippy-top of the board this week and grab Dallas. So I'm going to go a shade lower and go with the Saints facing the Vikings. Josh Dobbs, obviously the number one story from, or I guess CJ Stroud is probably the number one, maybe the number two or one A story from week nine. So I don't think there's going to be a ton of traction in stepping in front of him this week with the Saints defense that, listen, they're second in the NFL in takeaways per game. They're eighth in highest opponent A dot. I'll take my chances with Josh Dobbs trying to air it out in a significant way. And they've got three games with at least 12 fantasy points this season. If you have access to that sort of ceiling, I'm here for it in a spot that I don't think is going to be popular. And speaking of not popular, the Cardinals defense is not going to be popular in any way, shape, or form. Maybe it shouldn't be because they're not very good. But listen, I'm not, a, I'm not against the idea of betting against Arthur Smith. So that's, that's number one. But they do have multiple sacks in four of their past five games. And this is super cheap 
exposure to a backup quarterback. I mean, say Heineke versus Ritter, cut it how you will. But at the end of the day, we're paying down for a bottom five price tag defense and getting to oppose, you know, a backup quarterback here that wasn't thought of as a a starting option over Desmond Ritter, who we don't think much of. If Kyler Murray gets the things going here and Arizona's playing with a lead, Taylor Heineke from behind, I, I could spin a story to where saving a bunch of money on the Arizona Cardinals defense isn't the worst idea. Yeah, I'm hearing you on all of those fronts. Uh, one that's going to stand out to me is the Steelers defense. Can they Love heat it. up Jordan Love? Can are, are the Green Bay Packers offense... Are they back? Are they were they just the victim or the beneficiary of having to face off against a Brett Rippon led Los Angeles Rams team? <laughs> That's probably where I side with it. I'm not willing to bet that Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers offense has another solid performance in week 10. I believe the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to heat up Jordan Love and force him into some mistakes. So probably not a, a, a high ownership with the Steelers defense. So I'm actually okay with going with them against the Green Bay Packers this week. Soppy, it feels like we burned, even though maybe it's because we didn't have guys like Tua Tungavailoa and Patrick Mahomes to talk about, Jalen Hurts, but we kind of got through this episode in this DFS build slate really fast for week 10. Are there any hot takes of the week that you have before we sign off? Well, I didn't have to try to sell you on a triple stack, five-way game <laughs> overload with a rookie quarterback. Like, it was pretty straightforward. Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase is my stack, and that's how I'm building lineups. As far as the hot take, I think we kind of just talked about it. The tight end position is going to determine how this fantasy slate kind of breaks down. We mentioned no Travis Kelsey. Obviously, Kincaid is emerging. He's off the slate. You've got Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle, all in tough matchups. You could argue Ingram's in a tough matchup. There's a lot of ugliness at the top of the board. So if you can get this thing right, if Trey McBride goes bonkers or you want to go down further on the list or if you hit the tight end position, I think you are cooking with grease in a week where it's even harder than normal because Kelsey's off, Kincaid's off, and the rest of the top of the board are in tough matchups. So that might drag down ownership. The lack of options might drag up their ownership. It could go a variety of ways. I think that's going to be all over the place. If you nail the tight end position this week, you are in a spot to make some money. I was going to say, is the game of the week between the Browns and the Ravens? It is. And it's not the fantasy game of the week. <laughs> no, it's not. And that's why I, we, I don't think we talked about any options from that game because no. we they're featuring two defenses that are very stout. I think we both think that this is going to be a very physical football game. Mm -hmm. You know, sure, Gus Edwards is like the Chris Carter version of you know, the running back position in 2023, all he does is score touchdowns over the last couple of few weeks. No what do you have, like two touchdowns on five carries last week? Yeah, he's Something. got six over his last three games. Like he is just punching it in. And that's that's a product of the Ravens offense. I just against the Browns defense. It's, I'm not here for it. I'm, I'm interested to see how this Ravens offense, which it, it seems like one week the the passing game is clicking then the next week they're just running the ball down everybody's throats it's been weird game scripts for a while now for the baltimore ravens i'm very interested to see that matchup between lamar jackson and the cleveland defense um this upcoming sunday so if you have just if this is your first time coming across the channel and you stayed all the way to the very end we really appreciate it go ahead hit the like button subscribe to the youtube channel make sure you click the bell so you get the ding 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 every single time we drop a new bit of content here on the pfn fantasy youtube channel if you're tuning in via podcast go ahead subscribe rate review 
five-star review, high five in advance for doing that. Again, go to pfnfantasy.com, check out our all of our fantasy football tools that can help dominate your league, whether it is the DFS optimizer, the start sit optimizer, or the trade analyzer. They are all fantastic tools, all for free over at pfnfantasy.com. That's Kyle Soppy. I'm Derek Tate. And until next time, everybody, good luck this Sunday. And later, says the table.